is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you today for an episode of Talking Football. Plenty of news going around the NFL. We are going to go over the best free agents for the teams in the NFC East. We cannot wait to go over that. We have people being released. We have sizes for the NFL Combine. News is breaking with that. People are throwing fits. We have thoughts and discussions. But before all that, we have the famous and wonderful Mr. Justin Treese with his very own Treesevia. I thought we were going to get a let's get ready to rumble little section. Oh, man, that would have been good. That would have been a good one. Missed hold, up, hold, up, hold, up, hold up. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rumble? Man, I love doing that. I'll do that in my car just randomly. Fun fact of the day. We're a minute into this. I've done some yelling. I've almost given myself a headache. Let's do some tree civia. Let's get to it. All right, Austin. The last time that the Bengals had the number one overall pick, who did they take? Uh, it wasn't Carson Palmer, was it? It was. What year was that? Well, oh, damn it. What, 2003 or four? Boom, 2003. Good for you. Hey, okay, wild go th- guess on the year. We're going to do this for the whole top five. So, sure. number two, the Washington Redskins. Who did they take at number two last time they had this pick? Oh, okay. Last time they had the number two pick? Yep. Uh, when did they have the number two? Was it last year? No, it wasn't last year. Was it the player Deron Payne? No, the no, it was not Deron Payne. It was a quarterback. <clears throat> oh, RG three. Duh. There you go. What year was that? Um, uh, 2012. Yep. Good job. Okay. Detroit Lions at pick three. When was the last time they had pick three? Was that Nadamikin Sue? Nope, that was pick two. Ooh. He was the second overall pick. Holy cow. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, number three. It wasn't Calvin Johnson, was it? Nope. He was also number two overall pick. Jesus. <laughs> they know how to pick him. Uh, number quarterback. three. I'll give you a hint. Quarterback. No way it was Matthew Stafford. He was number one pick, wasn't he? Correct. Correct on being number three or number one? He was number one overall pick. Okay. Uh... Shoot, I'm not going to know if it was a quarterback. Joey Harrington. Wow, what year? 2003. Yikes, bro. <laughs> Same as Carson Palmer. Yikes. Okay. The fourth overall pick for the Giants. This is a fun one. Quarterback. Is it Eli Manning? He didn't get picked by the uh, Giants. That's right. That's right. I knew that. But it was a quarterback? Is that what you said? Yeah. Hmm. Is this like late? Is it going to be Is it gonna be one of those names that I know, but I'm probably not going to guess it? I mean, you were on the right track. With Eli Manning? Yeah. So, because the Giants Phillip didn't Rivers. There you go. Philip Rivers. For some what? reason, I thought they had, like, the, the second or third pick. Nope, fourth pick. Okay. Okay, so what what pick was, or what uh, year was that? 
That was 2004. Yep. Okay. And then I'm not going to try to trick you on this. I'll just be honest with you. Pick five, the Dolphins. They've never had the fifth overall pick. <laughs> Thank you for uh, having some empathy in your heart there. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Let's go. No, let's pro- run back through that, though, because that's really yeah. interesting. So pick number one, the last time the Bengals had it was 2003. They drafted Mr. Carson Palmer, who became their franchise quarterback for a long time, till they eventually moved on from him. The Washington Redskins was 2012, where they took RG3. Andrew Luck went number one that year. Pick three is the Detroit Lions. The last time they had it was also 2003, and they took what was his first name? Jeff. Joey. Joey Harrington, a quarterback. Uh, go ahead. T- huh? From Oregon. Uh, swing and a miss on that pick. Pick number four. Philip Rivers. Thank you. I was waiting for you to like, kind of peep in there. No, I just, it slipped my mind. The Giants took Philip Rivers. And then pick number five with the Miami Dolphins. Never happened. They're probably not picking fifth this year. They're probably going to trade up. Most just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I agree. Okay. All right, we're going to play a Who Am I? And it's going to be uh, two players here. So in this last season, 2019, two quarterbacks threw zero interceptions on deep passes of 21. When I say deep passes, I mean 21 yards or more in the air. So two quarterbacks did not throw an interception by, by doing that. Who are those two quarterbacks? Okay, so when they threw the ball more than 21 yards in the air, it wasn't intercepted. Well, sure as hell ain't going to be Baker Mayfield. Sure as hell ain't going to be Jameis Winston. Drew Brees, is he one of them? No, he threw an interception. That is right. Tom Brady's one of them? Correct. Tom Brady did not throw an interception, or he no, did he, throw an interception? He, he did. He did okay. throw an interception. Thank you. Um, Mitchell Trubisky definitely did. Uh, let's go to guys we talk about all the fucking time that I always just seem to skip till the end. Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz. They both threw interceptions at 21. Thank God. Kyler Murray did. I love how I just run through the entire fucking NFL. Uh, Russell Wilson, he did not throw an interception. He did. He did. Jared Goff definitely did. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Definitely did. Jacoby Brissett definitely did. Ryan Tannehill. He definitely did. Okay. I was going to say, I don't feel like they asked him to throw the ball too much. I mean, usually when he did, they were wide the hell open. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, he did. Sorry. He, did. he definitely did. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. He did, actually. I thought I did. I started looking at this thinking he would be one of them. One of his few that he threw was over 20, 21 yards. Son of a bitch. Uh, Matthew Stafford. He did. Here's a question. Did they start every game? Um, One started every game. One started 13 games. I love how I ask questions that don't fucking help me. But started 13 games? Yes. Well, we already said it wasn't Drew Brees. He was injured. FNA, Captain. FNA. Started 13 games. Yep, one started 13, one started all. Okay. Um. 
I I'm know the player. I'm not saying the name. And I'm sorry, I said 13. I meant 12. I don't know why I said 13. It's 12. Ooh, that, that helps a lot. But yeah. I just wanted to be more precise for you. I I really appreciate that. Um, AFC West here. Patrick Mahomes did. Derek Carr. Yep, that's one of them. Yeah, look at me go. Philip Rivers. Philip yeah. Rivers definitely did. Definitely did. Like, <laughs> probably ten times. <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco. He did not start twelve games. Okay. He had to start more than twelve games. What? Yeah, he started more than twelve games, so not him. So Derek Carr started every game. Yep. Okay. All right, let's see. So I'm in the AFC still. I've already taken out the South. I've already taken out. I've done not the majority of the East. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold? No. Josh Allen. Nope. Definitely did. Uh, Mother effing trucker. Okay, here we go. Back to an NFC guy, I'm going to assume. He's an AFC guy. Wow, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So who haven't I gone through? So I yeah, I just did the AFC West, and I got Derek Carr. AFC North, Big Ben got injured. Mason Rudolph got walloped in the head. It's not Mason Rudolph. It is not. Okay. Uh, Duck Hodges, yeah, he threw so many interceptions. Baker Mayfield, we already know, has done that. Andy Dalton, I already said his name. You did not, but it's not Andy Dalton either. I said Andy Dalton in my mind for sure. Um. Okay, so that's the NFC. Uh, Lamar Jackson. No, he actually did. Oh, thank God. I was going to slap shit out of you if it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so NFC West and AFC North are gone. I've already done the AFC South, correct? Gardner Minshew. It's Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I, always, well. I, don't, I do this every time. I can rattle like three teams off from a division, and then when I get to the fourth one, my brain just goes – like non-functioning. I just my I'm like, what's the other team? Every time. And it's my team, so I appreciate. <laughs> it that. literally is majority. Of, and I'm sorry, it is. I look at you straight in your eyes and go, I don't know. <laughs> and I give you a look of like, help, and you just keep staring. You just keep staring. I do. So, <laughs> to repeat here. Two quarterbacks threw zero interceptions on deep passes this year. Deep passes meaning 21-plus yards. Those two are Gardner Minshew and Derek Carr. Glad we figured that out after the whole guessing game. The old the old roller coaster of who's who. Here, <laughs> who, you, who you talking about? I'm, gonna have to, I'm just going to start pulling up a list of teams. I need to find a site that gives me every team with a quick roster rundown. I think that's just called NFL.com, if you're looking Zip for a it, site. Captain. Zip it. I can't hold the mic and type at the same time. I keep telling myself I'm going to get a desk, and I ain't got a desk. I set my laptop on a counter, and I hold my microphone, and I sit in an uncomfortable chair. Just in case you were wondering how this my current setup is, this is how it is. About to go through some major renovations here, though, at Cunningham headquarters. It's going to be looking pretty nice. Nice. That's like if you're not sitting like in your bed that you're doing sometimes. Yo, yo, you ain't gotta tell the crowd, dog. Could have <laughs> left that. Could have left that one on the DL there, pal. <laughs> when the room, when I got a roommate home, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother him. Yeah. I mean, 
then you just bother all of us with your shitty internet connection. And here come the true feelings. Uh, hard the true feelings <laughs> are out. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. I think we're ready for some other news here. Uh, first things first, we have some exciting news between you and I. Is that so? What, what do we got? I mean, I think we're up to something this weekend, right? We are. What are, are we going to are we going to be back on radio? <laughs> yeah. From 10 to noon Central Time? Yeah. On Mic'd Up? On Mic'd Up. Ladies and gentlemen, right here in Joplin Moe, sitting aside remotely <laughs> from Kansas City in Buckfuck Nowhere, Utah, we are here live in Joplin, Missouri, ready for you. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I'm super excited when you brought it up to me last week. You were like, hey, you busy? I was like, yeah, why? I'm doing all this stuff. You're like, oh, I was just going to ask if you wanted to do. And before you even said radio, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'll cancel cancel everything. Are you busy? Yeah, I'll be gone all weekend, leaving Thursday. Oh, I just want to see if you want to do this. Yeah, dude, I'm down. What about your wife? She'll be all right. (laughs) She'll be good. She's probably done listening at this point. We're fine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she's out of there. Does she know yet? She does know. Okay. Yeah. That's she's good. excited. She she knows how excited I get for this opportunity. Hey, it's so it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So everybody, like Austin said, 10 to noon Central Time, we'll be on Mic'd Up. We'll be tweeting out some links and everything. But um, we're very excited. We're going to be talking about football. We're going to be talking about some probably some baseball, maybe some spring training. We'll be talking about NBA. We'll be talking about everything. Ooh. So it's going to be a good time. Yes, sir. More than just talking football talking about it all matt and mellow are going to be at the nfl combine they got a live event going on that afternoon so they called in reinforcements and boy they called in the best available i don't know who else is available let me tell you i don't fucking care because it's (laughs) us and it ain't gonna be anyone else best available only available it's all the same thing to us the best ability is availability baby we are always available let me tell you (laughs) that's true all right Okay, I think that's enough housekeeping for the day. We'll get into some news. So, first things first, uh, Marcel Darius, Jack Ryan, two guys that are on the Jags, uh, announced today that they their options will not be picked up by tomorrow, which, what does that mean? Jaguars just opened up $25 million in cap space. That's Boom. what that and just means. Didn't they pick up Jake Ryan last season? They did. Um, and he played a whopping uh, 27 snaps or something like that. Ooh. So, yep. Hate to see it. But, I mean, overall, it was worth the risk, right? The year before that, before he tore his ACL, he had 80 tackles. They signed him to like a $6 million deal. Or it was like $12 million for two years, something like that. And year two, it literally cost them a quarter of a million dollars to drop him, like 250000 So, yeah. like, it's it, – it's not a big deal, but I'm happy because I've wrote multiple articles now about salary cap and how it's fake and how the Jaguars are going to fix them. And I had five guys that they're going to release, and these were two of them. So two down, three to go, and uh, let's see what happens here. So in a couple of days is when you can start franchising players. Let's see what happens with Yannick Ngakwe. I'm hoping they just day one just say, yep, franchise tag him. And then continue working on a long-term deal. 
we'll see how it turns out, but good start, right? Like opening up $25 million, that all automatically pays for one year. And then Clayus Campbell, if they keep him or not, next year he's going to be gone either way. That opens up another $15 million. You got two years of to money of money to pay Yannick Ngakwe. The year after that, heaven forbid they get stuck with the Nick Foles deal, he'll be gone for nothing. You got another two or three years just like that to be able to pay him. So they have enough mil- money to pay him 20-plus million dollars a year the next four years. There's enough millions there to pay him. It sounds like what you're about to Yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Love it. I'm happy for you. I keep working and predicting this shit because you apparently seem to know what's coming before anyone else does. <laughs> the old Mr. I don't even know what nickname to give you here. Mr. Predictable or Mr. Predicting, I guess, because there's nothing predictable about you. You're a unicorn. That's what makes you so great, you know. <laughs> if you don't feel better about yourself now, I don't know what else to say to you. Uh, moving on, though, to the next team. Olsen. We all know who he is. Play for the Chicago Bears. Goes to Carolina. Now playing for the Seattle Seahawks. Hey. Probably not going to do much in Seattle. I think the dude's beat up. He's old. I still think he can play. But in my I feel like if you're Seattle, I guess that's a smart decision. You get some veteran some veteran leadership there in the locker room for your receivers and tight end. Just Tyler Lock. Hollister, the kid they liked a lot last year, who got hurt. This is going to be great for him. But outside of that, I'm just not seeing Olsen as it's nice to get a guy that you can trust and rely on in the red zone and to make plays when they're needed yeah absolutely i i actually do think that he makes an impact um but i don't think that it's going to be like the greg olson that we have known right in his career i think that obviously yeah they have a lot of different weapons there but i mean with the whole josh gordon thing going down the drain I think that they do want that guy in the middle of the field opposite of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So um, I guess I think it is a little bit bigger of a signing than you do, but also do recognize that the dude's been beat up a lot. And uh, yeah, he's really old now. Yeah. I mean, good for him though. You earn another contract in the league after playing that long. Good for you, man. Go make your money. Go do what you do best. Um, Danny Amendola to the Lions. What update do we got there, Treese? Uh, that he signed this afternoon. So that's in the books. I honestly thought he was going to go and re-sign with New England or wherever Tom Brady went. There's reports saying that those two have kept in touch, that they've been working out, and that Brady's been vocal about how much he's missed him in his offense. So a uh, little bit of surprise there for me. Yeah, uh, clearly it is. Unless the Lions got something up their sleeve to trade on number three for Tom Brady – and just put themselves in a deeper hole for their future. Uh, <laughs> I highly doubt that happens. I'm only just being a smart ass. But, I mean, we've seen crazier shit hit the fan. Why not see Detroit just throw away everything? They don't have much now as it is with the Lions. Just let's get in a superstar Tom Brady and just keep losing ball games. Yeah, that's basically what it would be if they did that. Uh, all right, some other news that's coming out. Uh, NFL coaches are pushing – for the sky judge option for reviews. Uh, for those that aren't aware, that's what the uh, 
what is it aaf yeah AAF. I always get AFL and AAF mixed up. AAF, they use that a lot. Uh, XFL is using it. And, hey, good for the NFL. Like, clearly your other option of being able to review um, pass interferences and other shit, like, didn't work out that well for you this year. Keep trying to do whatever you can just to make it so the right calls are made. I mean, really, I don't feel like it should be that hard to make the right call. You watch college football games almost every Saturday. I don't feel like there's hardly any that big of calls or moments where it derails the game or the moment or momentum or anything like that. And almost every Sunday, it's like it happens every game in the NFL. Like, it's just a huge issue. And if this is another thing that can happen to kind of keep things consistent within your calls, you absolutely need to do it. And one thing that the XFL does that I want the NFL to pick up is miking them. I want to hear their discussions. I want to hear how they think this through. If these guys are lawyers and smart people in their day-to-day job, let's hear how they talk You know, at the highest level. How do they communicate to each other from the top to the field? Do other refs agree with the main call? What's the conversation with the coach? If you have to pre-record it and then come back and show it after commercial and you got to bleep out the coach, that's awesome. Like I want to hear – the genuine reactions from everybody live in the moment or in a recorded setting that just took place. You have the technology, you have the money and the capability. Let's do it. Like that would be fantastic for everybody watching. Yeah, I agree completely. And I will say the one thing that the college uh, refs go through that we struggle with is the targeting stuff like that derails the game. Yeah, that is but true. That's just like a weird fucking rule, uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but all everything else, yeah, it seems to run a lot smoother than the NFL. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, all sure. right. Let's, sorry. Let's move on to some other things. Uh, one of the guys that we talked about a lot this year, Taylor Gabriel, and then obviously uh, Prince uh, Amukamura as well, they both got released from the Bears. That freed up just over $13 million in cap space for them. Hmm. Hmm. What's a position of need that they might need that for? Quarterback. Weird. If only somebody talked about that last episode. For sure. And I tried to carry it into radio on Saturday, Trace. I'm not sure if you listened. And the old Mr. Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout, he wants me to add him. I'm going to fucking add him right now. His thing was... Should they do it? Yes. Will they do it? No. Because Ryan Pace doesn't want to give up on Mitchell Trubisky. I'll agree with you. And this is what I said on radio. Hey, at some point, you got to evolve in the NFL and go, I messed up. I made a wrong – I made the wrong decision. I made a very poor decision for the future of this franchise by trading up one pick to draft Mitchell Trubisky, and he had a great – a great year one as a starting quarterback. Maybe not great. He had an okay year starting. Made it to the Pro Bowl. And then the next year, there didn't seem to be any development. There was a regression. Okay? You look at this team and what you set up. Before you made this move, you had just over $20 million in cap space. You just cleared up another 13 Go trade for Derek Carr. I have a feeling after the, after the, the combine this weekend... And all these pro days, the Raiders are going to go, hey, we want a new guy. Because I brought up your point, too, on radio, and I even called you out. 
I said, hey, Trees from our podcast, Talking Football here, goes, they're really going to move to Vegas with Derek Carr as the quarterback. John Gruden doesn't like him. They're ready for something new. They're ready for something fresh. I think that's it. I really, I mean, maybe I'm just digging really deep into this topic, and I'm going, like, just crazy too far into it, but I love it that I am. I'm just going to keep fucking digging because at some point I'm going to hit gold. Or not, I'm going to look up and go, damn, anyone got a ladder? That's just, (laughs) yeah, because I am down here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I think I think this is a good fit. I could I could see it happening. I don't know what they do with Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know who. I mean that you. It would be hard to keep him on the team. Yeah. With Derek Carr there, I'm sure there's someone else out there that would like him that could use him in a way. That's questionable on who would. But you know what I mean. Your second pick in the NFL, some team's gonna go. Hey, they saw something. Let's go see if we can get it. Boom. That's it. Derek Carr goes to Chicago. They go to the Super Bowl. Lose to the Chiefs. You want to know who he would be a good fit for as a backup? Trubisky? Yeah. Who? The Eagles behind Carson Wentz. Really? I think Doug Peterson will think he's smart enough to be able to fix Mitchell Trubisky. And then two, you don't have to – and yes, Wentz is phenomenal, but like the way that they can move in the pocket and stuff, you don't have to change your offense completely. We talk about this a lot with how the Eagles changed their offense dramatically with Nick Foles compared to Carson Wentz. Now you can have a style that you could believe in of doing both. And also, you had McCown there. Like, is McCown any better than Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I mean, if Mitchell Trubisky is playing on your team last year, you're probably moving on in the playoffs. Yeah, because there was times where McCown just needed an extra two yards running. You know Mitchell Trubisky's going to get that. Yeah, and I mean, McCown had a torn ass muscle. Also did have that. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. Like, if we're talking about, like, because they're going to have to get rid of him, right? Like, you're not keeping him if you end up moving on to any quarterback, if it's Carr or not. Yeah. I just see it. And Taylor, Gabriel, they just didn't use him in the right way. I mean, let's get to the two guys that were released. Like, that was a waste of a year for him. And it kind of makes me upset for him because he's going to go to a team, and if they use him the right way, he's going to be deadly. His speed is crazy. And he's got decently reliable hands when called upon. For sure. I mean, he's he's kind of an older cornerback, 31, 32 years old. It'll be interesting to see where he goes and, you know, who requests him to come play for maybe another year or two before moving on. Yeah, he seems like a Texans player. Ooh, very much so. Like, they're not going to have a ton of money to spend on a lot of positions. Uh, Amu Kamara, he's made his money with the Jags and with the Bears. Like, he's made some good money. I think that he's ready for one more push, and he'll probably see that offense and seeing how J.J. Watt's back and be like, hey, this is a team that will take a chance on me and has the potential, right? Like, they have that opportunity. And he, they could even sell him, we were up 28 nothing on the Super Bowl champs, and we just blew it. 24 nothing. sorry. 24 nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, I could see that. Um, but it's just showing, man. Teams are ready to make their moves right now. Like these next, this next month is going to be exciting, releasing players, and then free agency. It's going to be a good time there. 
Uh, another one, and I and I'm sorry, I literally can't remember because this broke when we were podcasting, and I just can't remember if we if we talked about it or if we talked about it offline. But Snacks Harrison getting released by the Lions. I'm pretty sure we I'm pretty sure we talked about it. Okay. I couldn't remember if we talked about it offline or online, so I just put it back on our thing. We'll talk about it again, though. Uh, he may retire, right? He may retire, mm-hmm. and that's why they released him, and to save all that money. But if he doesn't, I just have this gut feeling he's going to go to, like, a true contender and just make a huge difference. The way he did two years ago when the Lions traded for him, like how big of a difference he made for that defense – I think that he could do that again for someone. Did we talk about it and say he's going to go to the Patriots like Vince Wolford? <clears throat> no, I said I said Indomitian Sue during the AFC. That's season. right. Yeah. So, um, but like one know what would be an awesome fit for him is the Green Bay Packers. They need somebody that's tough <laughs> there and try to stop the run. Like Snacks Harrison is a perfect fit right there. He definitely would be, especially after what just happened in a championship game. Yeah. Let exactly. someone eat it up. Shit. Yep, exactly. All right. Um. So combine measurements were this afternoon. <coughs> um, we're two days away from a lot of the uh, actual per- precipitation <coughs> happening. Um, sorry, I was coughing there. Um, what did what stood out to you? Any. Sorry, he's pulling wires. I don't know what Austin's doing back here. Oh, man, you just love calling me out today. Shit, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this podcast going by keeping my laptop up. <laughs> Damn snitch. <laughs> Sorry. You just look so funny doing that. Austin's uh, pulling wires and stuff. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, because you were looking at me weird. Uh, <laughs> overall, I mean, I don't think anything really stood out of, like – big news for that uh i know that like jake Fromm had small hands which i'm sure won't help his him already dropping in the draft where there's still the confusion of why did he come out because of that um <clears throat> tua came back you know good size over six foot same with burrow um chase young he's not doing anything he's just doing medicals and then interviews so that's big for him uh just trying to think of what else. I mean, overall, you know, it's just news is just how big people are. That's kind of all it was today. Yeah. Um. So really, really my news, like the thing that caught my attention was Jake Fromm's hand size. Uh, definitely, you know, caught a lot of airwaves today. Um. But I turned on the Rich Eisen show uh, during my lunch break. I went and got lunch and on my way back, Todd McShay um, had joined and they were discussing about the hand size that McShay had said in his 17 years of data and research and scouting, there's never been a successful court. There's never been a quarterback that's had sustained success at the position with those size of hands, like eight inch type hands. And so for me that, you know, that automatically puts another question mark, kind of like what you said into the inevitable falling of Jake Fromm as a quarterback who at three years ago, we were all projecting as a number one guy. And then here comes Tua, and then we thought Tua was for sure number one, and then here comes oh, oh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Yep. So the thing with him and his nine-inch hands, I don't think Joe Burrow's issue is as big a deal as other people are making it, just because we've seen him make so many plays within the pocket this season, and 
he's very fundamentally sound on keeping both hands on the ball, moving in the pocket, evading pressure, and then keeping the play live because his eyes are downfield. If people overthink this too much, I mean, you're just you're digging in a rabbit hole where there doesn't need to be a hole, right? Like you're pretty much setting a trap for yourself to fall in later when you take a step back and go, ah, we've seen him make plays in place. You know what I mean? You get to a point where you start digging too deep and looking too far into stuff that really, I mean, it matters and it has an impact, but at the same time, like just sometimes it doesn't. And two of another thing with him being six foot today instead of six two, like, the Alabama football team had put last year, you know, when they took the picture and showed it, it was like two is six two. Don't worry about measurements. Comes out today six foot. Um, who was another one that came in at like? No, that's who they were comparing him to. They were comparing to a uh, to uh, oh my gosh, Russell Wilson size, and Wilson came in at like five eleven something, just about the same weight, like thirteen pounds off between the two of them. So that's kind of a good comparison for who Tua could be at a quarterback position in the NFL. But other than that, with measurements and stuff here in the combine, I think it's going to be crazy. News just broke that Chase on will not be participating um, in the NFL combine. I literally just got that text message from a very reliable source at the NFL combine. Uh, you know, that's what my sources are saying. So I think that's going to be, it's interesting for him because a lot of this has to do with the timing of the combine. And that's what kind of confuses me with all of this is the way they moved the combine participating drills. They moved the time later in the day. And my question with that is just like, why does it throw that big of a wrinkle in your performance? Is it just because it's late in the day you might be more tired? But I thought the whole reason for the moving it was because it was in the morning. You've been up late for meetings and then you're up early and you got to like – train and you know what i mean your numbers might be slighted so why is it a big deal again if they moved it to put you in a better situation i guess that's just kind of where i'm confused do you have a different mindset with it or no that's exactly my th- thought is i thought they moved it well one prime time so people could watch because nobody can watch it during the day but two yeah like you wanted that opportunity for a player to rest up after long nights of interviews then get up, do your routine, and then go and work out. Just a normal afternoon workout. So I do think that's a little weird. I also think it's weird that Chason's not doing anything. I mean, yeah. he did not have, like, stat-wise, the most productive week. You would think that he would want to show off his bend and his burst that he has that could vault him into the top 15. Because right now, I, I think that he's always in the – like. 15 to 25 range but a good weekend here could get him into that 10 to 15 range yeah i mean especially with the injury concern that he had the year before and then coming back this year and getting a lot of attention from opposing offenses and the offensive line like like everything you just said like this was his right like his first opportunity to go i'm a freak athlete i have been here are my numbers so for him to not participate, I like that also kind of confuses me. Why go to the combine then? Like outside of like I understand your meeting and stuff, but like why can't you tell the NFL like hey I'm not participating, but I'm coming for meetings. Let a guy come in and participate. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. several guys that are fighting for a spot and are just missing out. 
and you're not going to participate in this event. Like there was even possible news today that Joe Burrow might not throw. I heard that on the Rich Eisen show from McShay as well. He said, you know, I'm kind of concerned on if he's, he's not. He didn't say concerned. I'm not quoting him exactly, but it was along those lines of I'm not sure if Joe Burrow is even going to be throwing. And that still caught my attention. On, like if you're Joe Burrow, like just fucking throw. But I don't know. You have your reasonings. There's money involved. There's, you know, your whole future. Some people are smarter about thinking on this than I am. So I don't want to, like, discredit your decision-making here with what you're doing with your future. But I am kind of questioning it a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the mindset that you just need to be above average at throwing these because they understand that these are players that you've never met, let alone thrown to. Like you're going to be off on some timing on some certain things. But, like, a fade route is a fade route. And, yes, the, all players run differently, but they just want to see your footwork and your arm strength. If you overthrow somebody by a yard of, that you've never thrown to, they're not going – that's not going to hurt you. You're not going to get punished for that and drop in draft stock. But I get it, though. Like, if you want to, like – your pro day is very scripted. You've practiced it for weeks and weeks – every single day understanding who you're throwing to what route what's the speed so yeah you're right you're setting up for millions of dollars like why risk it so i guess i guess i can see it yeah but other than that i mean that's really all i got about the combine i'm sure we'll talk about it more next episode as well as more news is going to break more people are going to be released trade discussions are happening right now Adam Schefter is just making draft after draft after draft of tweets that will be scheduled to come out first day free agency. Like the boys are working today. It all starts tonight for the rest of the week. Wish I could go this weekend. Other things came up. Love the combine. Can't wait to see how it goes this year. Let's go ahead and move on to our last segment of the show. This is kind of the bulk of everything. We're going to continue on with the NFC East top free agent landing spots that these teams could use. We'll kind of do similar to what we did last episode. We have a couple guys that we think will make an impact if they are on the team, if they are to go here or whatnot. And first off, the NFC East, let's go with the with the New with York the Giants. Giants. I kept <laughs> clicking on the wrong tab. I got too many damn green tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you want me to start off? Hey, let's hear it. All right, cool. So uh let's just go off of their draft i think that one of their biggest needs is going to is offensive line and i think that they use the number four pick on offensive linemen so i'm going to back away on free agency on that and then go okay what are some other needs they have they have edge rushers always a need i mean you could probably say that for every team uh cornerback is a need and linebacker is a need so for me i thought James Bradbury from the Carolina Panthers cornerback. He had a very, very good year. Um, He started just under 50 games the last three years. And I think that he could be a very good fit into that uh, defense. And you know that their GM does not like to spend draft picks on cornerbacks. So why not just spend that money in free agency going for there? Um linebacker that one's a tough one because you kind of just need to i mean i would say maybe like a player like kyle van noy would be a good fit there 
If they don't okay. go in Isaiah Simmons, I know a lot of Giants fans want Isaiah Simmons at four. I just personally don't think that teams are going to value a linebacker slash safety at four. So I'm going to. So that's why I stuck with the ta- uh, tackle there. So, but like a Kyle Van Noy who just had an excellent season. Let's not forget that we talked about him as defensive player of the year after about six weeks. Um, and I think that he's ready to cash in. So I could see someone like him fitting in in that position. Perfect. Um, so I'm actually going to have the Giants um, take Isaiah Simmons at their okay. number four pick. Yeah. I think that that is huge for them. Um, who the I always call him Jabril Peppers. It's not Jabril Peppers. Why can I? He's on the Giants. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, he's on the Giants. He okay. got traded in the Odell trade. That's right. Okay. So you have Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety type spot, and you got Jabril Peppers in the back. You've yep. already drafted a corner last year in first round like no one thought you would. So now that does put you at a need for offensive line. I think Jack Coughlin from Tennessee. I know you discussed him going to a team last episode. Um, I, I did agree, but I don't think I actually picked him to go there. So it leaves him open for me. Um, so I'm actually going to have them take a 26-year-old offensive tackle that's proven um, the ability to be reliable and someone you can trust for Daniel Jones. Uh, you plug and play him right there. That is good for you. Other some, you know, another position that we know they definitely need help at is going to be receiver. And that's when things get a little questionable for me on, okay, who, who will they go receiver-wise that can help make an impact and make plays when needed, but it's probably not going to be the biggest name. It's not going to cost you a lot of money. I go to the Kansas City Chiefs and who I thought that player might be, and that's Demarcus Robinson. I think there is a market out there for him. I think a New York team is looking at him, whether it's the Jets or the Giants, but I think with the Giants, he would be a great fit especially with Slayton, who's another you know, another big receiver that's got speed and showed out this year. You put him in there as well. I think you got a decent quarter with Ingram at top. And, you know, you got the speed. I think that'll be good for the Giants moving forward. So those are really the top two guys that I have going there with them drafting Isaiah Simmons in the first round. I like it. All right, we can move on to the next team, which is the Washington Redskins. So for me, uh, the biggest things that I have is wide receiver, uh, offensive line, cornerback, and then edge rusher. Those are kind of the four that I have. Uh, So obviously pick two, they're going Chase Young. Like that's pretty, pretty solidified. So – and then they released Josh Norman, and they released uh, what was the wide receiver's name? Uh, Paul Richardson. Yep. So, there you go. so two guys that I that came to my mind is uh, Nelson Aguilar going there, leaving Philadelphia for mm-hmm. there, getting them another weapon for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I really like Carl Joseph at a safety position for them. If they need to go safety, I could see them going for the thumper there. And then a guy that I really, really liked coming out of the draft that just kind of hasn't done much out of Clemson, and that's Mackenzie Alexander, the cornerback. Okay. He's been on the Vikings, kind of been on the depth chart going down, and I could see them going for him, cheaper option 
uh, try and just fill that void as they're trying to build their team around this offense. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and stick on the defensive side of the ball. Losing Josh Norman, you need a corner. Why not go get the guy you traded for with Alex Smith, Kendall Fuller from the Chiefs? This is another guy who's going to, you know, ask for somewhat of a decent payday. He has shown the ability to play safety. He is a great slot corner. That is why the Chiefs drafted him. They needed him. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs just re-sign Fuller if they can get him on a good deal. If Fuller wants to try and win another Super Bowl. But if his mindset is to make as much money as he can, why not have the Redskins do it? And I'm just going to throw another team in here real quick. The Philadelphia Eagles should be looking at this guy big time. Him being with the Chiefs around the same time Doug Peterson was there. Hey, I guess it wasn't that close. But Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Chiefs, Eagles, to me that kind of makes sense as well. But another guy that I think these guys could use, I'm just going to stay at the corner position and maybe linebacker at a little bit. Um, Blake Martinez, inside linebacker from Green Bay, they could use that as well. And then another guy is a tight end. I don't have anyone particularly on my list, but if you can find a tight end that you can trust within the draft, maybe third, fourth round, that might be pretty interesting. And then one more corner here, Prince of Mukamara. I think the Redskins would like that. He's kind of an older guy. You bring some veteranism in there. We just talked about him being released by the Bears. Hey, go get him see what happens. And then you got your defensive line is set. Your inside line, your linebackers are better. You got corner safety mix up with Amukamara and Fuller. And in your offense, I'm sure you're going to go receiver as well in the draft. You have r- multiple running backs. Rebuild your offensive line as well. And boom, here you go. Yeah, those are all really good options. So, all right, cool. I mean, there you go. Redskins right there. So let's move on to the Cowboys now. Cowboys slowly, you know, weirdly have some some needs here for how good of a team they are. They still have a lot of holes they need to fill. And for me, um, I think cornerback, I think defensive lines getting older, uh, safety edge rusher, probably even wide receiver, depending on what happens with Cooper, obviously like they are in desperate need of a wide receiver. If Cooper left, yeah. uh, that's when you're talking about trading up and trying to get into the top to get someone, you know, like even Judy, or C.D. Lamb. Like, that's yeah. what you'd be going there. But I'm going to assume that they're keeping Cooper. So, uh, if I'm talking cornerback, uh, Darquiz Denard from Cincinnati, I could see him just being a lower-tier DB, trying to fill some voids there, knowing that they got to spend money elsewhere that you can try to fill there. Um, pass rusher, uh, Brockers from the Rams. He's been yeah. the captain of that defense for a while. I could see him wanting there. Uh, I think JPP is actually going to stay in Tampa Bay, but JPP, if he wanted kind of a little bit of a revenge on the Giants of everything that went down there, like there's no better way of going there. And then safety, a guy that I've just always been a fan of, and that's Von Bell for the okay. uh, for the New Orleans. So I could see all of those being options, and none of those are big, flashy name guys, but that's part of me thinking, because they're not going to have as much money to spend, because I think they're going to get both their quarterback and wide receiver wrapped up this offseason. Boom. I'm actually going to stay at corner. I'm going to say Bradley Roby. He's going to stay in Texas, go to the Cowboys. I just don't think 
I just don't really think you're signing your corner, Byron Jones. Come, I just don't think he's coming back. I do think you need to find a way to keep Amari Cooper because that's going to be huge for Dak Prescott, especially with this contract. If you need to franchise tag Amari Cooper, like, fuck it at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Find a way to pay Dak. Keep Amari Cooper. That's going to help that offense with a new head coach. If you try and bring in a bunch of fresh pieces, who knows how that works too well. Um, and then – Really, I think if you want to stay on the defensive side of the ball, another potential cornerback for them, Logan Ryan. Would, I mean, he's kind of a bigger name guy. Been with the Patriots, been with the Titans, lost an AFC Championship game with them. Now he's a free agent. Titans are smart. They try and find a way to maybe keep him, but he is 29 years old. This is a deep corner class. You are the Titans. You got a lot of money to spend elsewhere. Why not make that happen? If you're the Cowboys. Oh, excuse me there. I'm trying not to choke. <laughs> you, Logan Ryan, there is a possibility there. And then one more name, Eric Ebron, tight end. Jason Witten, who knows where he's going? Is he coming back to the Cowboys? You get a big tight end who has some athleticism. Go up and get the ball. And when he does catch the ball, it's great for your offense. If not, eh, you know, next play. Let's make something happen. But I think that would be great for them. And he can block as well. So that would be good for the running game. And that is where I am at for the Dallas Cowboys. Perfect. All right. And the last team of the NFC East, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Before we jump into that, uh, spent some time trying to finish up all or nothing last last night. I have the season finale still left. So I got one more going. But I got to catch up on some of the things that you were talking about a couple episodes ago uh, with about Scandrick and all of that. And <laughs> What a fucking shit show. <laughs> Man, no joke. <clears throat> oh, that was rough. Um, okay, but moving on here, I'm actually going to take a couple of names that you've named today for the Eagles. Obviously, cornerback is a huge issue. Bradley Roby. That's who popped into my head. Uh, wide receiver, Demarcus Robinson. I think both of those guys, and it's been reported that the Eagles are interested in Demarcus Robinson already, so that's not anything yep. breaking news on my side, but uh, would be a good fit. I also still think that they spend round one on one of those two positions and round two on the opposite. So I think that they know that they just need a lot of help in those positions. Uh, linebacker, they're getting older there. And so I thought Blake Martinez, we talked about him multiple times for the Green Bay Packers this year and how good he is. And I think he ended up top four or five in tackles in the NFL, might even been higher than that. Uh, I could see that being a good fit for the for the Eagles. And then they were very good at stopping the run last year, but I still think that they probably weren't even happy with what they did. And so what a guy that came to mind was uh, of old Baltimore Raven in Michael Pierce. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick at receiver. I'm just going to throw a big name out there. A.J. Green, 32 years old. Bengals, they might not get Joe Burrow. Let's just try and get some more picks. Let's just try and get as many as we can, and hopefully we find something that works. Get A.J. Green. You know, I just say that as if they're trading him. But you don't have Joe Burrow. You're going to need picks trading back. Try and get as many because you have a lot of holes to fill. If you do lose A.J. Green as well and you don't get Burrow, you need to figure something out. If you're the Eagles, you get A.J. Green, you roll with that. I still think you stay on the corner position, and I just had a name here that I freaking lost because I'm a jackass. Just kidding. Joe Short, uh, Schobert, yeah. like you said, for linebacker. I think that's a good spot for him. That would help out the Eagles' defense. You get a smart guy in there with speed. Um 
then that's really kind of what I think they're at. I think they attack everything else in the draft. I think receiver-wise, even if you get green here, you go, hey, we can't stay with a 32-year-old receiver. We just have a guy that we know can catch the ball when Carson Wentz needs help and is trying to make something happen. I think that's where green comes in. You have reliability down the field to go fucking get it because Aguilar just isn't doing it. Or Thago Whiteside is still developing. You know, he's here too. But if you're the Eagles, man, you're close. You're so close to coming back to the Super Bowl. But you know what? So are a lot of other teams. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where you're at and what you do moving forward. But this is going to be an exciting offseason for the Eagles if they hit on the guys that they need and in the draft. It's going to be it's going to be a fun time still being an Eagles fan right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was actually interesting to watch and all or nothing. Like you could tell that some players just know that that window is closing and closing fast, but they have enough and they know that they got it probably like two more years. They got like all these vets that probably have two seasons left in them. And like, this is your chance. So like 2020 and 2021 is probably all you got. And then it's time to do a whole rebuild here. And obviously, as long as Carson Wentz stays healthy and you get some offensive weapons <coughs> around him, like you're not going to go away or by any means. But like a true championship window, I think they only got a couple years left. And then two more quick names: Tony Jefferson, Vic Beasley, edge yes. and safety. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've already tweeted, so I'm not gonna like. I'm just not like kidding. I truly think Tony Jefferson is going to the Saints. Before he got released and they and the Ravens resigned uh, Chuck, I was just like, okay, that means Tony Jefferson's gone. And then three days later, they released him, and I'm just like, I he just fits perfectly with the, what the Saints are doing. So, uh, all right. I mean, I think that's it for the night. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back to you in, what, two or three days for, for another episode, and we'll be breaking down the AFC North. So Boom. There you go. Bengals fans, Browns fans, Ravens fans, Steelers fans, tune in next episode. We appreciate you all, and tonight we've been talking football.